Outreach and Alumni Coordinator for Beginnings Treatment mm -hmm. Centers. Mm -hmm. And I want to invite you guys to um, our newest live stream and um, video show, Alumni Spotlight. And today we have our first guest ever. By the way, every couple weeks this show is going to be airing, and it's going to be airing Thursdays at 4 p.m. So tune in each week live. But tomorrow I just want to go ahead and say that we're going to um, be airing it on Tuesday at 4 because we're going to have Tarek Grace, who's actually the um, program director and part owner of South Coast Counseling, um, as one of our guests. But for today, I would like to introduce you guys to Taylor Reichelt. Hello. And he is a former, um, actually, employee and alumni uh, of South Coast Counseling and Beginnings Treatment Centers. And he um, is coming from addiction, and he now is living his best life. So, Taylor, we'd like to yeah introduce you. Yeah, uh, thank you so much for having me, first of all. I'm extremely excited to be a part of this, and, um, and uh, I'm... I'm uh, excited for the opportunity to just uh, share my experience. Be great. Awesome, awesome. Um, so, first off, Taylor, I just want to ask you, what is your sobriety date and what was your drug of choice? Uh, so my sobriety date is uh, October 10th, 2015, and my drug of choice is crack cocaine, uh, heroin, uh, and methamphetamine. And so how much um, sober time do you have now? Uh, this October, I'll be coming up on uh, three years now, Dang. which is crazy. That is crazy. Absolutely. I have four and a half years, almost five. So you're like, it's crazy to think when we met that I only had like a year and a half sober. Yeah. It's just a trip, yeah. It's you know? it's uh, <laughs> when I met Andy, she was actually my staff member, and uh, and it's 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 crazy to see how far we've uh, we've both grown since then. It's amazing. Yeah, and then Taylor actually become became a staff member. Um, so it was cool to see the transition of him going from client to staff and I had actually done the same thing right actually before before he did that so it's really cool but so um, Taylor just to kind of jump in uh, tell me a little bit about what your childhood was like growing up Ooh, okay uh, <laughs> if, you know, if you would ask me this uh, when I first got sober I would have told you that my childhood was great that uh, there was nothing um, wrong nothing abnormal about it but um, over the last three years, I've been able to kind of dive into that, right? And, uh, and I've realized that there was definitely some dysfunction <laughs> in my childhood. Um, uh, it's nothing, nothing extremely crazy, but uh, I definitely saw um, some things that probably wasn't normal uh, for, for a child to see. Um, I'm uh, I'm a victim of sexual abuse um, uh, as a child, um, and uh, but I so but that doesn't really like um, I don't know, shape my entire childhood. I had very loving parents. Um, it was just a family dynamic that wasn't uh, as crispy, <laughs> uh, clean as I thought it was for sure. Um, uh, my father. Uh, again, very loving, was just um, pretty uh, irresponsible with money. Um, my mother uh, was, uh, I was kind of like my mother's psychiatrist a lot of the time, you know, and then my brother uh, was kind of a problem child. So I was kind of stuck in the middle of my, my family. Um, 
a thing that would happen on a normal uh, occasion would be my brother would do something, my dad would get like overly angry, my mother would get upset at my father for being overly angry, and then it was just kind of this like whirlwind of, of drama, and I was usually either stuck in the middle of it and getting pulled kind of every which way, or uh, I would isolate in my room, for sure. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. So when did drugs start to get involved with your story? Ah, uh, uh, very young, I would say, like pretty young, probably around the age of uh, 12 or 13 years old, definitely. And what was the first, did you drink alcohol for the first time? Or? So I, I smoked weed for the first time, um, and I remember that so vividly because it took away everything uh, that was wrong in my life. Um, I had a lot of anxiety as a kid. Um, I had a lot of guilt as a child. Um, I was always uh, questioning whether, you know, uh, the relationships I had at that age were, were secure or uh, I was kind of the kid that like, I had a group of friends and as soon as I walked away, I thought they were all making fun of me. You know, or uh, my family dynamic at the time, I, I was confused about. You know, or um, I mean, even before the drugs and alcohol, my number one my number one way to deal with life was to go to my room, uh, isolate, eat as much as I possibly could, and then watch cartoons. You know, because that's what I enjoyed doing, so that's what I wanted more of. In fact, I used to like hide food in my room just in case. So it's kind of like the early, <laughs> the early, uh, you know, signs there. But um, yeah, as soon as I, I smoked uh, weed for the first time, I remember thinking, "This is it. This is the cure." <laughs> I figured it out and I am going to do as many drugs as I possibly can because uh, if this does this for me, I wonder what these are going to do. And, and at that moment, yeah. uh, I made it my career, you know, and, and I quickly went from that to like huffing um, to uh, to the, the first time I got an opportunity to smoke crack was very shortly after that. And, um, and it kind of just took off from there. It became my entire identity right there in that moment for sure. Wow. That's crazy. Thank you yeah. for sharing. Yeah. Um, okay, so what can you just kind of tell me what happened next and then up until the point of when it started taking a turn for the worst? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, again, because it became my identity so quickly, um, I uh, just ran with it and, and I was doing everything I could possibly get my hands on, you know? And, and for, for years it was fun. Crack cocaine wasn't readily available at the age of 12, although... You know, at that time, I wish it was. Uh, but so I, I got into more of the, um, you know, the, the drinking heavily and uh, the, the rave, the rave scene. So ecstasy, cocaine, um, Wait, more of the party that? drugs. So this was like, uh, in, like about fifteen uh, to I want to say eighteen. Fifteen to eighteen, like, was really, really hard in, in the, the party scene, I guess you could say. And then, uh, and then I found opiates. You know, and um, like so many people, it was it was the prescription drugs at first. Uh, so the the Vicodin, and it was I was just taking that because I had a hangover. I knew exactly that they would take it away, right? Um, and uh, and then that escalated into you know taking six, seven, eight, nine uh, Norco's a day, and then I found OxyContin, and uh, and then it was. That, man, that was, uh, 
I still get goosebumps thinking about like how 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 like an amazing how much of an amazing experience it was. And I know it sounds so weird to say, but it was. It was truly. It was like it was like my first love, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, and and that was it right there. That was that was when I had uh, I had figured it out. You know. I was going to ask you, like, when you started taking Norcos, if that was when it was like, okay, this is it. But I guess because that's is a form of the opiates. Yeah. But it sounds like you didn't have that experience until you've tried. Yeah. No. Oxys, no. Right? Again, because like when I smoked weed, I knew that drugs were my were my thing, right? Um, but I was always searching for the one, and uh, and and when I when I found the oxycon, I, I had found it, one hundred percent. Yeah. And so, how long did did the oxys once you found those i mean did you have any period of sobriety during that time or how long did it go for no i made sure from the age of, of 12 that i wasn't i wasn't sober because i was terrified the one thing i was terrified of was for that anxiety to come back and that, that fear to come back and that uncertainty about anything and everything in my life to come back so i made sure that no matter what um i very rarely drew sober breath and when i was i was definitely planning or plotting how to how to not be sober, um, and uh, and um, so when, when the oxycon when I found that it was it was game over, you know um, it had taken my drug addiction uh, to a new level. Um, oxycon is very expensive, and that was for the that was the first time that I actually became physically dependent. Are you shooting it up right then? No, I wasn't. I was uh, I was just smoking at the time. Um, which I, which was a ritual and a, you know, a, a euphoric experience on its own, you know? Um, uh, but yeah, so, uh, I needed them, you know, and, and I did whatever it took to get them. I had a job at the time, uh, but I was spending all my money on it for sure. You know? As a server, right? Yeah. So no, actually at that time it was crazy. I actually, uh. I had a pretty like a a pretty good job as a as a chef in, in a um, in a sushi restaurant, <laughs> and uh, it was a, a company that had just started, and a guy gave me a shot and, and, and it went well and I ended up opening up like three stores for the company, and uh, and it, it was all going really well and I thought I had life figured out and I thought I had finally come to a point where I deserved it. But you, you were know? on drugs. I was yes yes absolutely but. Uh, you know, um, I just, I thought I deserved it. I was extremely um, run by ego and pride and, and this false sense of that the universe owed me. And and uh, and I was just, you know, work hard, play hard, I guess. You know, that's like the, the justification that I had for it. And I didn't think I had a problem. I didn't think I was a junkie. Like I wasn't, you know, shooting up in a gutter somewhere, homeless, pushing a shopping cart, which is when I grew up, like that's what I was told a junkie looked like, right? So when that wasn't happening, I didn't think I had a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like you had that addict in you from a very early age. Totally. In one way or another, and then um, once you found your drug of choice, it was just we're on till the wheels fell off. Totally. Much, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> definitely. Um, and at this point, we would like to open it up for audience participation. So if you guys are watching and you want to comment and ask a question, we invite you to do so, and we'll be able to answer it live on the show. Please. <laughs> Um, so you were using continuously for how many years? Uh, let's see, probably anywhere from say I started twenty seven, so twelve to twenty seven. What is that? Uh, Fifteen years? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And can you tell us a little bit about the incomprehensible demoralization that you experienced Ooh. once drugs stopped becoming fun? Yeah, definitely. Um, it uh, it's crazy. Okay, so and this this may sound a little weird too. I never stopped loving drugs. Okay, I never stopped loving drugs. Um, I never stopped. Uh, they always worked for me. They always did exactly what I knew they were going to do. You know, um, but I hate what they did to me. I hate where they took me. I hate the consequences from that. I hate what they do to the people around me. You know, I hate uh, uh, the the result of the drug. You know, and um, and that took me to some very very dark places. Uh, anywhere from selling my body for the drugs, uh, stealing from you know the people that that cared for me the most. Um, burning bridges of friends that I had for, for my entire life. Um, just, just the, the, uh, the constant pain that I had everybody in around me, the constant pain and the constant, um, uh, sense of, you know, worry that, that I put them through for sure. The, 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 the consequences that I had for myself, you know, um, the, the bacterial infections, the, you know, the abscess, the, the being broke, the, the being homeless, all that stuff. Like, that stuff I was used to. That was just a part of it, right? That was just, I had come to the conclusion that if I'm going to do this, these are going to be the consequences, and that's fine. You know, but it was what I was doing to other people that, uh, that I, I grew to hate so much. For More sure. than what you were doing to yourself. Totally. Totally. Like, like, again, like I just, I was like, okay, this is, you know, once, once I had <laughs> realized like, okay, yeah, I crossed that boundary. I'm a junkie. Like I'm a heroin addict. Like this is, this is what it is. You know, once I was pushing in a shopping cart, once, once I was, you know, um, uh, using needles and all that stuff, I was like, okay, this is exactly what I expected. Right. Um, but, which is crazy. Cause I was actually like at that point, <laughs> at that point, uh, we're live, uh, at that point. My dream life, right? It's, 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 it blows my mind because like that's what I wanted. Like from a very early age, that's what I wanted. I wanted to be a hardcore drug addict. You know, that's what like I, I in that moment at the age of twelve when I was smoking weed, like that's what I decided, right? This is gonna be my career. And so, oh, okay. being yeah. that you know, being that heroin uh, junkie, uh, I was living living my dream life. And it sounds so crazy to, to say that now because. I'm obviously, you know, living my dream life now, you know, but um, yeah, at that time it was, uh, it, it was crazy, so. I know for me, when I first started shooting up heroin, I thought it was cool, like totally. in a certain way. Totally. And it felt exhilarating. Absolutely. And then I came to this place of like spiritual bankruptcy where it was just that invisible line. I had crossed it and instead of like still having some semblance of confidence left in myself, I had absolutely nothing at all so I'm just curious about the spiritual bankruptcy you yeah. said that you were caring about other people hurting them but not about yourself but yeah. at some point that inner pain and emptiness of mm -hmm. like no matter what's going on around me like if if in here hurts so bad yeah. like I have to change you know yeah. and so is that did that happen for you so I didn't get that feeling until I was separated from the drug um when I finally was given another opportunity uh, to be separated from the drug, um, that's when I got that feeling of like, okay, 
maybe it was something different, right? Because I had come to the conclusion that I was born to die a junkie and then my life was supposed to be an example of how not to live yours, right? And that's what I had convinced myself of. There were statistics in the world and I was supposed to be one of them, you know? Um, but when I was separated from that, uh, from, from the drug and, and you know, um, long enough, uh, and I realized, okay, it's not only not a physical dependency anymore. Um, I was so tired. It was almost like a perfect storm. Like I was trapped in a in a a a, a, a drug house, or I guess the kids call it out. It's a trap house, right? I was I was trapped in a trap house, watching my 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 dope man beat his girlfriend on a regular basis, and I was just so sick and tired of that. And uh, my mother had tried for four months to get me insurance, and it finally came through. Um, and I was just physically exhausted, you know? So that all kind of happened at the same time. And I figured I'll just go take a break. I'll go into the treatment center because I wanted a break. Um, and, uh, and when I got separated from the drugs long enough, I remember walking outside one day. And that was with us. That was with, yeah, that was, that yeah. was here, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and, uh, I remember walking outside one day, and um, and I was like, "Man, it's a nice day outside." And that was it. Hit me that that was the first time I cared what the weather was like in over ten years, you know. And uh, and it kind of hit me all in one thing, like, you know, maybe maybe I'm meant for more, you know. Um, so definitely, I had that experience of like, uh, maybe I'm meant for more, you know. Like growing up. Growing up, I, I, I feel like most of us, like, we're, we're, we have that feeling like we're meant for greatness, right? Like, we're meant for something. Um, and that quickly faded as a child for me. But in that moment, it, it kind of all flowed back through me. And I felt like, okay, maybe, maybe I'm like, more. why not? What's the worst that can happen? You know, let me give this thing a shot for sure. And that's what you got. That's what, you know, this place did for me. It gave me that, uh, it gave me that opportunity. So it sounds like that could have been the turning point for you, which is actually my next question is when, when was the turning point? And especially for people who are out there who may be suffering with addiction and they don't know what steps to take to go from where they are to where they want or need to be. Um, yeah. So what helped you and what was that turning point? Yeah. So like the, uh, when I, when I, when I got here, um, again, it was a break for me. Uh, it was, it was a, you know, a truck stop, you know, I was just going to gather myself, gather my, gather my thoughts and, and keep going. And, um, and when I got here, uh, I instantly found people that were, were, were happy in their life, you know, and, and, um, excuse me, I found, uh, I don't know, I don't, I don't know what it is, just the, this, the compassion showed so like, like quickly. Like the people, the people that were here were just so overly loving and compassionate towards me. And that's something that I, I was extremely confused on. Um, didn't know if I really wanted, you know, but, but I recognized, you know, and that was foreign to me as well. To be able to recognize that at such a broken uh, time in my life where I couldn't love myself, I couldn't show compassion towards myself or anybody around me. To be able to recognize that was, was, was so incredible for me. Um, and, uh, and that was really the turning point, you know. Um, I, I quickly made the decision when I got here to to, to, to give it a try, you know. And that was that was solely due to the people that worked here at that time, for Dang. sure. Yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy because 
that was nothing, not like anything I'd experienced anywhere else that I've been. Yeah, <clears throat> you know, we do have a lot of people, I think, that care here. But also, though, when you came through the doors, there was something just like, I told you this, very special about you as a person, <laughs> that, like, people gravitate towards you, mm -hmm. and that's like... You needed that extra care at that time, totally. too. Yeah. But at the same time, like you are such a unique person and an individual, and you stand out, and people want to help you because you were also really vocal about your needs. Mm -hmm. Once you had decided to change, yes. when you were struggling, even though you actually went back out yeah, after. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did, yeah. <laughs> Which, that's yeah. another story. No. Yeah. But, I mean, you can touch on it for sure. But, um, yeah, I mean, you... Uh, were vocal about your needs so yeah. and told people I'm struggling right now and then people would talk to you yeah so that helped you I think a totally, lot, right? totally absolutely yeah. so once I made the decision to like okay I'm gonna give this thing a shot right um, I thought that was all I had to do I thought I was good once I made the decision I'm fine you know um, but I quickly learned that, that that's not enough you know um, to the store like I, I, I left yeah. I left and got high first opportunity that, that presented itself, you know, and, uh, and, and then Joe chased you in his car. Joe, yeah, Joe, Joe Milligan, shout out to Joe Milligan, yeah, yeah, he uh, chased me in his car, chased me on the street, and it was, and it was, and he'll tell Wait, you. and you stole a hundred dollar bill. I did, oh, I, yes, 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 I'm sorry, yeah. no, yeah, 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 uh, it was, um, that was, uh, that was, that was a crazy situation. But um, Joe, that was not smart. <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, I, don't, I don't fault Joe for that at all. That was completely my doing. He just trusted me, uh, and uh, and I took full advantage. Um, so yeah, so like well, when I got back from that, uh, I realized okay, if there if I if I want to do this thing, if I want to give it a shot, I have to put in some action, right? And and that's what people here taught me. You, know, you can't just sit here, you know, because eventually you're gonna have to leave, and then you're probably gonna get right back. To what you were doing mm -hmm. um, and they told me communicate communicate how you feel or else we don't truly know you know and uh, and so so I started doing that every single time I would run into Tarek's I would run into Tarek's office almost every single day Tarek I want to smoke crack what do I do like help me you know just crying crying and uh, and he would say sit there and don't leave in this moment do not leave. You can do whatever you want. Just sit there and do not leave. You know it will pass. It will pass. It will pass. It will pass. And Dang, uh, and, that's and crazy. it was crazy, but it passed. It yeah. passed. And and the first time that that it passed, like I used to, because I had never not done drugs when I wanted to. Like you know, like apart from like being in jail, like I had never not done them. You know, uh, so actually, like sitting through that, I equated it to like. Somebody hitting me in the face with a baseball bat saying smoke crack like just just over 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 like that's how intense it was for me and, and I didn't know what to do um, But it passed and that's what I try to instill in people like so like much today like you're going through it It feels like it's never gonna end but it will and I promise you that you know, so um, When I when it when I had the uh, the evidence that it passes right uh, Every time after that, I was able to sit there and say, okay, it's not going to last forever. You know, it's going to pass. It's going to pass. It's going to pass. Is it hard? Absolutely. Does it suck? 100%. You know? Mm -hmm. 
is easier than last time a tiny bit, you know, and then it would pass. And it, and it was, you know, that's kind of how I got through it in the beginning, you know, but then I got to the other side of it. And, uh, and, and from that, from that moment on, it was just, uh, you know, I had felt this gift that I was given by this place. And then I was like, okay, now how do I give this to other people? Because they've got something, go I don't know, they've got something going here, you know, and if they're able to pull me out of what I was going through, then I'm damn sure able to do it for other people. So let's, let's tap into that, you know? So, uh, it was, uh, it was an amazing experience. It really was. And I just want to go back, um, you know, relapse, people say, you hear them say, like, relapse doesn't have to be part of your story. Yeah. And I don't know how I feel about the, that whole thing, but what I do know is in my own life, I did learn things from my relapses, but I'm, it's not like I recommend it because you could die. Totally. But for you, you weren't ready until you went out that time and then you realized, oh, crap, like, yeah. I'm back in my same situation. And then you, didn't that change something for you? Totally, absolutely. So yeah. uh, it is, you know, per the individual, right? It's like uh, whatever your story is your story. If it takes, you know, it took me five treatment centers and, you know, that one final time to realize, oh my God, this sucks. You know, like that time when I went out, um, it's crazy. Okay, so it's crazy because for me that four days before I went out, we spent time at the movies, we spent time at the beach. Um, I was laughing with my friends, right? And then I went out and and, and I did a bunch of speed and uh, or meth and uh, and you it sucked. You were like hanging out with homeless people. Yeah, I right? hated it. I hated it right <laughs> away. I was like, what? I was like, this sucks. Why am I doing this? And I was like, okay, you know what? I know what's missing: heroin. I need to to find heroin, and it will be fine. And so I found heroin. I was like, damn, this still sucks. What's going on here? You know, uh, I mean, I felt good, but like my I looked around and it just wasn't an environment I wanted to be in anymore. And so that was, that was my moment. And I, it kind of like hit me all at once. Okay. Okay. If I don't want this, then I, then I can't, I can't you know, do what got me here. So, so, um, it, it kind of was definitely that turning point. And for me, I had to do that, you know, for some people that it might not be that way. You know, some people just might be able to just put it down and say, I'm done with it forever. And that, that's great. You know, uh, just, that's just not my story. Mm -hmm. And what parts of Beginnings and South Coast, you already touched on what part we had to play, but maybe even still now today, what yeah. part do we play? And as well as Alcoholics Anonymous, um, what part does that play in uh, your sobriety today? Oh, the biggest part, honestly. Um, I could honestly say, like in my heart, I know that without this place, I don't think I'd be sitting here on this couch. Um, Me neither, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, 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 it's an incredible thing when I look back and, and see, uh, not only the, the life that South Coast and Beginnings has given me, uh, but also the opportunities that they've given me, um, by, by, uh, by taking a risk and making me a staff member, um, by giving me a, a job in, you know, an administrative department, um, by allowing me to come back and share my hope and experience with other people and allow me to stay connected, um, by having programs like this that, that help me stay connected as well and, and share my experience on different platforms to, um, to, to, to guiding me towards Alcoholics Anonymous, right? And, uh, and that um, is what helps me in my daily life. You know, um, I work a program of AA and, and, and I, I, I can't imagine life without doing that. 
you know, because there's times where I've kind of, you know, um, rested on my laurels, right? And uh, and I feel that, you know, I feel that. And the same with, uh, you know, there's been times in the last, uh, you know, in a few years that that I've kind of uh, strayed away from South Coast, you know, and, and I feel that. And, um, and, and I know when I'm struggling or I know when something's off, I know that I can not only come here, but I know that AA is probably uh, um, the, the best place for me. And, and there's something I'm not doing, for sure. Mm-hmm. So you have a sponsor, you attend meetings. Absolutely. And you just have... Absolutely, yeah. I'm actually redoing my steps right now. Nice. So necessary for me. Awesome. Definitely. So um, I would love for you, just as we close, to kind of talk about some of your accomplishments that, Ooh, like, because okay. we heard about <laughs> where you were at and all yeah. that, and we want to kind of hear about where you're at now. Yeah. And also, if you're doing anything awesome that you want people to know about, now would be the time also to share it. Okay. Um, so uh, it's crazy. In the last uh, almost three years now, um, I have... Oh, I feel so weird, like, saying my accomplishments. Um, it's okay. All right, all right. Uh, I, um, the most important things for me are the fact that I am a husband. I am a son. I'm an uncle. Uh, I'm employable. Uh, people come to me for advice. Um, I am responsible. Um, and, uh, and the, those are the key things for me because those are the things that, that I wasn't. You know, I couldn't even keep a promise. Like, hey, I'll be right back. I couldn't even keep that promise, you know? And, uh, and I, I can do so much more today. Um, I'm confident in myself today. I love myself. Um, I, I truly know that, that I'm meant to help people and meant to, meant to use my experience as, as, uh, as a, a, a way of showing others that recovery is possible. Um, it's uh, it's such a beautiful thing <laughs> to have a life that to be proud of, you know, and uh, and and I, and I owe it all to, to 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 South Coast Counseling Beginnings and 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 Alcoholics Anonymous, you know, and people like you that they, they really they really guided me, you know, when I when I was in my beginning stages here. It's uh, it's crazy. It, it blows my mind how far I've come. Um, I'm a homeowner today. Um. I, I, my, my, my family trusts me enough to, to work for the family business, um, which I stole a lot from when I was getting loaded. So for them to actually trust me again, to, to do that is incredible. Um, there are so many things in my life, uh, that, that I never thought possible that I'm accomplishing. And I truly know, I truly know in my heart that if I want to do anything I can, and I have the ability to, to do it as long as I'm willing to work for it today. And, and that alone is uh, is remarkable. You have a lot of the promises. <laughs> yeah, Literally. yeah. It's uh, but so out of all of that, out of all of that, the number one thing is I can look myself in the mirror and and, and love the person I am because the self love that I have for myself allows me to then you know, right, you know, portray that out of the world. That's. Self-love is so important, Absolutely. and I think it can, in AA, or and not in AA, but anywhere, it can be like, well, we have to love others and can't be selfish because we're so used to being selfish totally. in our addiction, right? Totally, yeah. But it's important, too, to have healthy self-love, and I think yes. that that's what my higher power wants for me. Totally. And, yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely, and that's something that I, I, I practice every single day. Definitely. Right on. 
And yeah. so what about your, um, are you doing stuff with like personal training or is that in the works? Is that yes. in the future? Yes. So uh, I, uh, I am a personal trainer now. I'm certified. Um, so that's definitely something that, uh, that, that I'm pursuing for sure. Um, it's, it's another way for me to give back, you know, and, you know, physical fitness and nutrition has been a huge part of my life and my program. Um, and I, and I find, uh, I find, uh, being able to share that experience with others is, is incredible as well, for sure. So, uh, on social media, uh, if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's addict underscore the number two underscore athlete that's addict to athlete and then on facebook it's just uh taylor taylor right yeah that's one taylor so yeah. we're gonna put that in the comments in case you guys want to follow him and don't know where to find yeah. him yeah but i just wanted to thank you so much for thank coming you. on the show and yeah. this is our first one but it's already a huge success <laughs> and if any of you are struggling with addiction and would like help um, we're also gonna you know leave some links to our, our website and uh, our phone number as well so you can reach out to us and we would love to have you and I just want to thank you guys for tuning in and thank you so much uh, Taylor thank you thank yeah. you also if you uh, want to reach out to me on social media for help or any advice I'm an open book please do so thank you again for having me it's been a real pleasure I know for sure